0: You guys can have a seat that uh that night whether it was maybe last Easter that you thought about this whether maybe you're reading through the Bible in the year and it's brought you to this but that night where Jesus was arrested he was in the garden and before he was arrested y'all remember what he was doing he asked some of his closest friends to to watch guard to watch over him well he went a little bit further and he would pray he was praying there and uh He's agonizing before God Almighty. He's praying to his Father. And a medical di- condition came over him. A medical condition that can be uh, induced by, by temperature. can be induced by other things going on in our bodies. But one of the, one of the ways in which this can be induced is, is under extreme stress. And so as Jesus is crying out to his Father, this happens. Where he starts to sweat through his pores, drops of blood. The extreme circumstance. He knows what is coming. What will happen to his physical body. And so he's agonizing before God. God, take this cup. God, is there another way? But your will be done. I know that this temporary uh, hardship, what it will bring for all of eternity. Your will be done. But he's agonizing before God Almighty. And then some handful of hours later, he's hanging on the cross. One of the last things he says, My God, my God, why are you forsaking me? Why am I abandoned? God, where are you? God, what's going on? Some deep, deep emotions pouring out of our Savior. You know what that shows me is that the emotions that you walked in here with aren't sinful. You're not wrong for thinking or feeling what you're thinking. Jesus was, it was perfect, wasn't he? And he felt some sort of a way. He felt forgotten about. He poured his heart out before God. See, but Jesus knew how to express his emotions. That's the challenge for you and I. We don't always know how to express what we are, are feeling. We don't know how to express it. We don't know where to go with it. We don't know how to take action with it. And so when we don't learn how to express our emotions, we'll seek to then numb our emotions. This is vital for you and I. When we don't learn how to do this, when we feel sorrow, we don't learn how to express our sorrow, we'll get stuck in sorrow. Few of us instinctively go to a place of trust. I'm going to trust my God. This will all work out. Sometimes we say it flippantly, but few of us actually live there. Today as we talk about emotional health, Continuing the What the Health series, having talked about the physical, the mental, mental and emotional are intertwined and together. So we talked about mental last week. Today we want to look at the emotional health that we all experience. Whatever we walked in here with. So we're going to look at Psalm chapter 13. It's written by a guy named David. David was, was a dude. David was a warrior. If you want somebody snuffed out and dead, Call David. He's a warrior. He knows how to take care of an idiot. He'll take care of them. But David, even though he's a man's man, he played the harp. He wrote poetry. He's called a man after God's own heart in part, I think, because he knew how to express his heart. So we're going we're gonna to read over his, one of the psalms that he wrote today. And I want us to see how, how David is true to what he's feeling. He expresses himself, but but in that, he's also going to hang on to the truth of God's word, the truth of what he knows of God, and so he's going to be emotionally led by truth. I want us to see as we read this psalm, if you were to take trust out of the psalm, all you have is some very depressing words. I want us to see that when our emotions meet trust and the truth of who God is, we are brought to a place of genuine worship. So would you read Psalm 13 with me? It'll be up on the screen. It's in the app or, or in your Bible. Psalm 13. It says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Have you been there? Are you there? How long will you hide your face from me? God, are we playing some cosmic game of hide and seek? What, what, what's going on? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have, have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy exalt over me? He's asking how long instead of why. He's not asking why. He's asking how long. You know what this implies? It implies that David understands why this might be happening. David, as great as he was, a man after God's own heart, he was a man that also kind of liked the ladies. And so sometimes he would get in trouble. Sometimes he would be rash. Sometimes he would be so emotionally charged that he would go and do things that he shouldn't do. So David also knew knew punishment and God's judgment. So part of this is David probably knows what is going on and he's asking God, can, can it run its course yet? God, is, is it, can, can you relent now? But David is taking this painful experience and going to God with his questions. That says a lot about David's faith. Where does he go in the midst of not knowing how to, how to, what to do, how to do with what he's feeling? And so, maybe that's you. Maybe you don't know what to do with, with a past situation. Or maybe you're, you're seeking. You are here. It's a testament to your faith. Well done. And to those watching on Facebook Live or YouTube Live here in a little bit, maybe because you don't know what to do with your emotions, keeps you out the door. But you're watching and you're looking for answers. Well done. David is seeking answers. So is that you? Is there a past job loss that you can't, that you can't wrap your mind around? Is there, is there a death in the family? Or are there health struggles that you're just like, I don't, God, what is going on? Is it abuse from your past, a a terrible upbringing? That you're still some 10, 15, 30 years later, you're still looking for answers. God, have you forgotten me? That's a natural question, right? Like if God has invited us into relationship with him, part of relationship is being known. Part of relationship is being remembered. So God, where are you? Where does David go? It he, he says something in the, in the text. It says that he takes counsel within himself. He starts talking to himself. He starts sorting through his own mind. His feelings and his emotions. You know who else did that? Nehemiah, I mentioned him a few weeks ago. He was, he was called by God to build a wall, which for us may not be a big deal, but in Jerusalem, where the wall was destroyed, it was a very big deal. So he starts building it. He's laboring. He's putting effort into it. He, his mind is going all sorts of things. He's fully engaged in this wall. Very big deal for them. And then in chapter 5, in the midst of all this, he finds out that his people, the Jewish people, are doing each other dirty. They're they're giving out loans, they're making it high interest, things of that nature, and then enslaving other Jews who aren't able to pay. They're doing each other dirty, and and he's like, I'm building this wall, and you're doing what to each other? And he gets angry. Here's here's what it says. When I heard their outcry and these charges, I was very angry, emotion. I pondered them in my mind. Another text is I took counsel within myself. I pondered them in my mind and then accused the normals. dot, dot, dot. So Nehemiah hears this news and is instantly enraged. Where would you and I? We would send a quick email. Huh. What would you do? He takes counsel within himself like David. Starts talking to himself. Perhaps that's part of our issue. You know, back in the day, to go to the market, sometimes you'd have to travel for a whole day just to walk to the market. You know what that allowed you? Time to process. Time to think. To go on vacation might be a 3 months walk. Time to process, time to think. You and I, were hustling and we're bustling. We don't, have to, we don't give ourselves space to think. Can I tell you about a really awesome invention? Bluetooth. It's incredible. You know what that means? That means I can be in my car and talking to myself and no one thinks twice about it. I can, I can be mumbling all day and the person next to me just thinks I'm talking to my wife. It's a glorious thing. So might we, who are emotionally charged, start utilizing the concept of Bluetooth and talking it out in our cars? Because when we're emotionally charged, where does does it go unhealthy places? You know where unhealthy places can go when I'm emotionally charged? I can just up and leave. I can receive an email, I can hit reply, I can type out my response and I can send it as quickly as I received it. My unhealthy response might be that I'm seeking to punish somebody instead of showing them grace. In my unhealthy emotions, I, 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 I want to be a defeatist instead of, uh, instead of fighting for justice. Let's, uh, they'll just walk all over me. In my emotional response, I'm right, they're wrong, and there's nothing positive about the situation. In my emotional response, I rarely show empathy. In my re- emotional response, it is all about me. So how much would it help for you... Right now, if that, if that describes anything that you might be feeling, to pause, take counsel within, write a prayer, journal, give yourself some time. Or perhaps you're like David where, where you have paused. You have taken counsel from me in. and God, I don't sense answers. God, I don't know what you're doing. What's worked in the past hasn't, isn't working now. God, why? I have been in that place and it hurts to remember it. Wondering what God is doing. So where does David continue? He says this. Consider. Answer me. O oh Lord my God, light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. God, they might literally take me over. God, I might, I might die. Death is a real possibility. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. God, answer me. God, light up my eyes. You catch that? Light up my eyes. God, I'm coming to you and saying, I'm looking at this situation, and something, I don't see it. God, can you bring light to my eyes so I can see it? God, I'm seeking clarity. It's a plea. God, please answer me. I want an answer. God, I'm, I'm begging for, for divine intervention, and if I don't get an answer to my prayer, death is a very real anth- uh, possibility. He's lamenting before God. We're so used to pretty little prayers. We go to our life group. We, we say pretty little prayers from this stage. We, 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 we join a prayer circle, and we pray pretty little prayers. But David is crying out to God. There's nothing flowery or pretty about his prayer, but it's real, and it's honest. When we bring our laments, when we bring our pain to God through prayer. Through prayer, we're doing just that. We're locating. We're identifying what is painful within, and we're bringing it to the One who's able to do something about it. We're not going unhealthy places with it. When I was a, when I was a, a youth pastor, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I oversaw middle school and high school. There's a group of people in our gener- in our in our culture that don't really know how to handle their emotions. <laughs> Sometimes they don't have all their crap together, if you will. And so they, they would come to me with, with all, a whole slew of emotions. And across the table would be somebody who's dealing with anger, rage, going all sorts of places. Students who would, would cut or be or be suicidal. Students with a new group of friends going to a different group of friends. Uh, a, a student that would, would go to drinking. A student that would go to sexual issues. A whole bunch of students that that had all sorts of emotions with life, not knowing how to deal with their emotions. And so for me, one of my jobs was, was to help them look for healthy outlets. Well, maybe you should buy a punching bag and hang that up in your garage. Start punching the crap out of that instead of somebody else. That would be healthy. Maybe it's time to start running, going to the gym, jogging. To, to get rid of some of that energy. To write poetry. Get into songwriting. Join a sport. Join an after school activity. Here's an upcoming youth event. Why don't you have that on your calendar something to look forward to? Put, do that. Get into photography. Lead this area of, of our youth ministry. Like, why don't you? I put you in charge of the snacks? Or you know what? When you talk to your parents and they want to plant you six feet under... Maybe, maybe you're emotionally charged, and maybe one of my jobs is just to help you understand how to talk to your parents where you will be heard. Because if you're in middle school, if you're in high school, if you don't learn how to express your emotions, one day you will seek to numb your emotions. One day the adult world will come, and there's very real consequences to where you can go when you don't learn how to express your emotions. And so in our culture, maybe, we, maybe there are some adults here that have learned how not to express their emotions. There have been really very real consequences. But maybe that's not the case. Because in the adult world, maybe yes, there's jail time. Maybe there's loss of, of job or loss of whatever. But we can also go intellectual places that are just as dangerous. We can go to an intellectual place where we're saying, God, you must be withdrawn from me. God, you're absent from me because I've earned this. It's a place of self-pity. My self-condemnation can lead me to a place of anger and despair. Another mental place that we can go to when we're not feeling, feeling God is we can just deny His existence altogether. I'm going to do life my way. Uh, I, I, we are left to make our own way in the world. I'm going to rely on my self-power, my self-control. I can't rationalize it, so I'm going to rationalize God away. So speaking out to adults with some youth sprinkled out through here, thank you for coming to service, youth. How will you express yourself? Here's where David goes. He says, but, it's a shift. It's, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. This is a good thing. He's not staying there. What's been a major bummer up until this point is now shifting in a very good direction. But, I have trusted in your steadfast love. I trust it, and I'll continue to trust. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. I've learned to trust God in the past, and it's going to impact me in the present. It's going to impact me in the future. What I know of God can be true right now with what I'm feeling. He's rejoicing from within. Nothing about His situation has changed. He didn't say, hey, I just got a messenger. And my enemy is dead. We're good to go. Let's praise God again. Nothing about the situation that he is facing has changed. He's still in it. One thing changed. His resolved mind. In the midst of it, he resolved to remember his God and to trust his God. His emotions don't lead him to a place of trust. It's truth that leads him to a place of trust. It's emotions that lead to trust. Then when we soak it in truth and we go to a place of saying, God, change me. Help me see. I will choose to trust you. I will choose to trust your steadfast love. I will look at you as bountiful. How good you are, are takes these temporary discomforts. And I see it now through your goodness. We serve a generous God. That's why we value generosity here at Wellspring. We want to be a generous people. Why? Because we serve a generous God. And that's how we can bring hope to the world. Through our generosity. Through our generosity. What David is talking about. Through God's generosity that is. He's talking about his unfailing love. It's a word that I've mentioned a few times in the last six months. It's this word hesed. Hesed love from God. It, it speaks of God's loyalty, His enduring allegiance. How helpful would it be for you and I to remember that God is faithful in the midst of our discomfort? How helpful would it be for us to remember that God chose to be in relationship with us, and He desires to be, stay there? How helpful would it be for us to remember That God is good all the time. That even when we fail, He is faithful. That will lead us to a place of worship. Let me tell you about my friend Karen Proto. When I call her friend, she's in my life group. And she's somebody that I know for the last year, year plus, has been going through heartache in the midst of with her family. And I asked her permission if I, could, if I could share, this is Karen right here, if I could share her story. I was like, can you come up on stage and share your story? And she gave me that look like, I'm going to cut you and your tires, I'm not getting up on stage. So I was like, okay, okay. Uh, and so I asked her a few questions over email and she gave me permission to, to read her questions. I saw her over the last year deal with these in such an emotional way. She, she was crying and she was like, I don't know what to do. Her daughter is on the other side of the couch handling it a little bit different. She was like, I'm a, cut, a fool. Uh, and, okay, but, and she's learning as well. The, I see both these individuals, her daughter and her husband, s- doing, learning so much through what Karen has been learning over the last year. Here's, here's the situation. What's been going on in the last year that has been deeply emotional? She said, I've experienced a broken relationship with my eldest son, my oldest boy. His new family uh, for uh, over the, over a, a six-year-old child has, has brought a lot of conflict from a previous marriage which, which has escalated to broken relationships between them and the entire family. It's become very u- ugly. Some of the emotions that you're feeling right now. How many of our emotions are based on things from our family? It can cause deep hurt and deep emotions, can it? She goes on, I ask her, what lies are you tempted to believe? She was tempted to believe that my life would never be the same again. She was tempted to believe that my, uh, hey, my heart is shattered. I, I felt abandoned. I felt used. I felt disrespected. I felt unworthy. I felt that I was being punished. Uh, for my relationship with my mother and and, and that my mother and I had. She felt all this and she knew, she she began to see the lies and all that. So then I asked her, so the third question, what helped you remember the truth and to find joy in the midst of all this? She said, I was totally uh, distraught and uh, that I was forced to go to God. He was the only one that really knew my heart and he understood what, what I was going through. And when I say forced, it's because I tried fixing things on my own strength and realized it was foolishness and that it can't be done. And so I had to surrender and jump with both feet in on the same side of the fence and give it all to Jesus. I sought help through a Christian counselor. My life group helped. And of course, my own family. I'm forever thankful for them. She says, I'm constantly reading verses all day long. I have apps that will read to me as I fall asleep. I read Christian books on forgiveness, faith, and emotions. I prayed constantly. Then I fasted for the first time. Many of us can relate to that right now, which was very enlightening experience for me. I really knew that God was speaking to me through his word. And then he, she gives me a handful of scriptures. She found joy in the midst of that because of where she went. So then I asked her lastly, what truth about Jesus do you now cling to in the midst of a highly emotional experience? She said, God can be my only idol. Through counseling, I realized that, 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 uh, that anything I could not live without has become an idol. That he is Lord of all and everything. Every day and every moment, I have to make the choice. My way or God's way. I'm going on this journey and it's difficult but nonetheless it's a journey that i will be that i will take and be grateful for that's the story of karen proto somebody who has all sorts of emotions and going to god with it so as you feel your emotions as you feel the absence of god what can you do let me suggest to you four quick things if you're taking notes write down hebrews 12:28 Hebrews 12, 28, because that rocked me in the midst of feeling God's absent. I wasn't in a place of worship. I wasn't in a place of feeling God. And that verse taught me I need to be thankful to get back to a place of worship. And so I said the whole week, I'm only going to pray prayers of gratitude. So I'm thanking God for everything. Every conversation, every red light, every delay, everything. I'm going to a place of gratitude. And what it helped me do was to see God again in it all. And it brought me back to a place of worship. Do so you want to sense God again? Go to a place of gratitude. Second thing you can do is you can learn to voice yourself. To express yourself. David is expressing his emotions. He's respectful. He's open. You can complain about God to others or you can go directly to him. Go to him. Maybe it's through ju- uh, pu- uh, poetry or journaling. Writing out your prayers. Sometimes writing it out and hearing ourselves say it. Helps us realize how illogical our thinking is. Going to God to voice ourselves also says, God, I I want to continue to be in this relationship. Meet me in that place. The the third thing is that you can get out of yourself. You can turn your attention away from yourself and to others. Why? Because when I focus on myself, you know what happens when I focus on myself? It brings me to a place of loneliness and isolation. That's, That's the devil's playground for emotions, isn't it? But when we get out from ourselves, we turn our eyes to others where we can be compassionate, caring, and loving. And we can serve them and invite them into my world hoping to break the self-imposed silence. Then, lastly, we can find community. When God is absent in my life, I can still know his presence through others. As I get to know others, they can remind me, yes, you're going through this health situation now. But remember when. Yes, you lost your job here, but remember when you lost it back then, and what God did now, or what God is doing now, they can, you can remind each other where God is moving, or even if they're not going to remind you personally, you're going to hear other people's stories, and you're gonna be reminded that God is still a God that is moving. So Spurgeon said this of Psalm 13 he says he said a week within prison walls is longer than a month at liberty. A week within prison walls is longer than a month at liberty. What he's, descri- what he's describing there is that when we are going through anguish and hardship, wondering God, it feels like an eternity with us like we are in a jail cell. And it feels like forever, forever versus those who are in a good place and it feels like the days are just flying by. So when we get into community with each other, why we be patient with one another, knowing that this hardship feels like an eternity and I can support them in that. So our big thought for this morning, what it all boils down to, what I want us to walk away with is where the, where the emotions link to the, to the mind is this. Expressing trust fights depressing thoughts. If we learn to express our trust to God, it will, bring, it will, it will fight our, disp- our depressing thoughts. In these six short verses, we go from despair to rejoicing. We go from agony to ecstasy. We go from sorrow to sing- singing. And neither extreme is, is irrational. Neither extreme is unhonest. Is, is both extreme is, 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 it has integrity to it. We're true to the way we're feeling, and we're true to God. We bring where we, we say, God, this is what I'm feeling, but God, this is what I'm going to be reminded of. David is saying, God, it feels like you have forgotten me. But then he ends by saying, God, I know of your hested love and that you are loyal to me. Expression fights depression when we go to a place of trust, and that will lead us to worship. So how will you seek God this week? How will you learn to trust God this week, and might it bring you to a place of worship again? The mind, parts of it is a muscle. It has muscle elements. And like anybody that lifts or anybody that works out, you know that you tear your muscles down and then they, they, they have to rest to be built back up. You don't, you don't work your biceps out seven days a week. You don't do leg day seven days a week. You don't do chest day seven days a week. Why? You do it, you give yourself rest, your body builds back up, it becomes stronger from rest, and that's how you move forward. If we're, if we're going to treat our minds like a muscle, why do we think that we shouldn't give our minds rest? why do we think that we can always be on the go in our mind never let my brain just sleep and rest and think that we're going to grow mentally from that place so perhaps emotionally what you and i can do this week is to find a hobby where i turn my brain off for me it's baking not so much during the daniel fast But as soon as the 21 days are over, I'm going to get back into some baking. Why? Because my hands get dirty. I can't be on my phone. I have to turn my brain off and then delight in the goodness of God, which is food. So that's my challenge to you and I today. Right now, choose one thing. I don't know what emotional state you are in, but I know that one of these four things would be a healthy outlet for you. To write a song, to express your words on paper. To join a life group. Not bang a left when you get out of here, but to bang a right and say, I'm going to get into some community. To schedule an appointment with a counselor. I'm going to talk to a paid professional that can help me sort through this. I, I see one, Karen mentioned how she saw one, and if you think that seeing a counselor is for losers, I'm going to give you a a group, a handful of churches that you can go to because that ain't us. We, we believe in endless growth. We want to grow together. So we're going to embrace that. Find a counselor. And then lastly, find a hobby. So what started with sighing ends with singing. Why? Because he chose to trust God in the midst of what is unknown. He chose to trust what he knows of God. So now I'm asking you to join with us who know the goodness of God no matter what we're going through to again worship our Savior. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Tom's River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.